DW Africa Link we're counting down to closing the uh, 2023 curtain while well, we wait anxiously for the Democratic Republic of Congo election results. Hello and a very warm welcome to the program that keeps you up to date with what's happening in Africa and beyond. My name is George Okachi. And mine is Josie Mahachi. Join us on Facebook page DW Africa and show your thoughts on the stories we are covering. We also appreciate everyone who's tuned in through all our partner stations across the continent. Because coming up on the program, DRC opposition cries foul after chaotic elections. The opposition denounced, and I quote, chaotic elections due to the fact that Delays in opening many polling stations. The Electoral Commission allowed some Congolese to vote four days after the officially gazetted election day. Also on the program, we shall be having a live analysis on the happenings in the DRC. But first, the world news in brief. DW News. I am Buba Jalo with the news. Israel's army chief Atsi Halefi has warned that the war with Hamas will last for many more months. In a televised address, Halefi said Israel is fighting in a complex environment with no shortcuts. Hamas is regarded as a terrorist organization by many countries. His remarks come as the Israeli military intensifies operations in the Gaza Strip, where the Hamas-run health ministry says the death toll has passed 21,000. Meanwhile, the United Nations has repeatedly warned of an increasingly dire humanitarian situation in the Wartown Gaza Strip. Since Israel began its siege of Gaza, its over 2 million residents have faced severe shortages of water, food, fuel and medicine. Jason Lee is the country director for Save the Children in the occupied Palestinian territory. He just returned from the Gaza and told DW what he saw there. I witness an ever-deteriorating situation for civilians, especially children. I saw the massive movement of civilians that have been told to flee once again to the south of Gaza. Yet, there is nowhere that can accommodate them. The shelters are full to capacity, but there are no sanitation facilities, not enough water, not enough food, and no access to medical care. Civilians, especially children, are being told to either face the choice of being killed by airstrikes or move to areas where they will face starvation. The road ahead will be difficult. Without a definitive ceasefire, there is limited options available. And now on to Senegal, where 79 people have filed their candidatures for the February 2024 presidential elections. The current Prime Minister, Amadou Ba, is one of the applicants. Others include opposition figure Ousmane Sonko, who is still in prison, former mayor of Dakar, Khalifa Sar, and Harim Wad, the son of former President Abdullah Wad. Amadou Ba is being supported by incumbent President Macky Sall, who has decided not to seek for re-elections. The Eiffel Tower, one of the world's most uh, prime tourist attractions in France, was closed Wednesday after staff, staff went on strike. The strike on the 100th anniversary of the death of engineer Gustave Eiffel, who built the tower, was to protest the current way it is managed. The Eiffel Tower, Paris's most famous landmark, attracts nearly 7 million visitors a year. Around three quarters of them are foreigners. This news is coming to you from DW in Bonn, Germany. 
Former German Finance Minister Wolfgang Schäuble has died at the age of 81. As Finance Minister in Angela Merkel's government, Schäuble was known for his hardline austerity measures during the European debt crisis in 2009-2010. The veteran conservative lawmaker was confined to a wheelchair after surviving a gun attack in 1990. Russia and India say they've made tangible progress on plans to jointly produce military equipment. The announcement followed talks in Moscow between Russia's Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov and his Indian counterpart Subrahmana Jaishankar. They said future cooperation was in both countries' security interests. Now, for more news and information, head on to our page dw.com. I am Buba Jalo. Thanks, Jalo, and thanks to all of you for sticking with us on the Africa Link program. My name is Josie Mahachi. And Mahachi is with me, Okachi George. And remember, you can comment on the stories that we are covering on our Facebook page and, of course, run to our page and follow this live happening. Now to the DRC, where several people were wounded in the country's capital, Kinshasa, on Wednesday as police dispersed a band protested opposition leader Martin Fayulu's headquarters. Election-related tensions are not new in the DRC, which has a long history of authoritarian rule and violent elections. And Josie, partial results released by the Electoral Commission show incumbent President Felix Tessikeri well ahead with 79% of some of the 6 million ballots counted so far. Moise Katumbi, another candidate and former governor of the Southeast Katanga region, has received about 14% of the votes counted so far. He is followed by Fayulu, a former oil executive who says he is the rightful winner of the 2018 election that brought the incumbent to power with 4% of the votes counted. Now, in a moment, we'll hear more analysis on the day's events. But first, let's hear from DW's correspondents in Goma and Kinshasa on what was happening on the ground. Let's start with Ruth Alonga in Goma. A week after the elections, residents of Goma are holding its breath awaiting the results, while the M23 rebels continue to gain ground in the east of the country. At the same time, the creation of a new rebellion, Alliance Flav Congo, is seen by Goma residents as a warning that President Felix Shisekedi is likely to win. The fear that if Felix Shisekedi wins the elections, this could revive the rebellion, putting the city of Goma in danger of being taken over by the rebels. Furthermore, the withdrawal of troops from the East African community, EAC, has given rise to rumors that the troops withdrew to avoid having to deal with post-electoral violence. It is therefore in an atmosphere of anxiety that the population of Goma awaits the election's results. The first provisional results posted outside polling stations show that Felix Shisekedi has won the majority of votes in Goma. On the economic front, the women who run small businesses on both sides of the border between Rwanda and the DRC are hoping that the elections will be a success. In Kinshasa, an official Christmas truce seemed to have been observed with calm in the capital. But this Wednesday, the opposition decided to mobilize its supporters. The opposition denounced, and I quote, chaotic elections due to the fact that 
delays in opening many polling stations, the Electoral Commission allowed some Congolese to vote four days after the officially gazetted election day. Some opposition leaders, such as Moïse Katumbi, President Shisekedi's most serious opponent, Martin Fayulu, and some members of the civil society are even calling for the elections to be annulled. According to the partial results released by the CENI, that is the Electoral Commission, the incumbent president, Felix Antoine Shisekedi, is the winner in many provinces. Well, ending that is our correspondent Paul Logeri in the capital, Kinshasa. And uh, now live in studio, we have Isaac Mugabe. Isaac, uh, you've been following this election very closely and seen the intricacies and perhaps the twists. But very quickly, how did we get here? Yes, uh, first of all, to begin with, it seems like uh, the Congolese didn't learn anything and forgot nothing from the previous elections of 2018. It was clear and all signs were written everywhere that this the, the country was not prepared to hold an election. And of course, their constitution, they had to abide by. I'm talking about the Electoral Commission uh, called a CENI in, by its French acronym. There was not enough time for them to, for it to transfer the necessary logistics to all corners of the country. And at the last minute, it had to ask the UN, MONUSCO in particular, a kind of UN entity that they're trying to eject out of the country and coming to it saying, well, we need your help. So all signs are written, you know, on the wall. And perhaps something really outstanding is the continued rhetoric in the last one week uh, between all the political players, I'm talking about the opposition and the government. We've seen kind, I should call it maybe venomous comments or rhetoric from all sides and no one trying to cool the other. The Electoral Commission seems also bent not to bring together all the all the stakeholders and to make matters worse. Actually, civil society groups said, well, the, the, the election there were so many irregularities, not forgetting the Catholic Church. Remember, the Catholic Church is very powerful in the Congo. So anything it says, hmm? Should be is taken as the gospel truth. Now, Isaac, this election is one that has got many talking, uh, particularly the tension that is laced underneath. Uh, do we see any possible solution to the pathways to peace? The only possible solution it could be restraint, like uh, the international community has urged all parties. We've seen embassies in Kinshasa calling on political players to really restrain themselves from from aggravating an already predictable situation that could run out of hands. And, but for me, as, as far as I've been reading on the ground, there's nothing like that in sight because the incumbent, Felix Sekedi, is bent to being announced as the winner and the opposition says, we won't allow this to go to the streets. I, I mean, it's the second vote since the country, it gained independence. The first was 2018 and this would be the second. So it's like there's a lot of political immaturity on all sides. Yeah, and, and Isaac, you'll appreciate that the restraints or other calls for restraints are coming, you know, hot on the heels of concerns of peace and security. And we know what is happening in the Congo. Uh, what should we expect? Mm. Well, God forbid, but I'm afraid that there's a lot at stake, especially in Eastern Congo. We well know that already, as you heard from the correspondent there in in Goma, Ruth Alonga, that there worries already that the withdrawal of these troops, they were trying to evade possible 
post-electro violence. And of course, we know that the calendar has been withdrawn already for MONUSCO, the UN peacekeepers, to leave the country. So it will all depend on the political players within the country and also the East African community as a regional bloc. Even Sadak, Sadak that Kinshasa seems to be subscribing to, to bring these guys in order. Uh, at the moment, we've only heard from ECAS, which is the Central African uh, organization that brings together all these countries in the Central African region, only saying, hey, gentlemen, you know, come to the table and see that the country doesn't flare up in flames. Mm-hmm. The only people who would be, you know, who would bring also the other opposition leaders are the two lady candidates who seem to be quiet. They've been sidelined despite the fact that they had good plans for the country, but no one is listening to them and it seems like no one is listening to the other. Mm. Speaking of good plans, I mean, we are all anxiously waiting for the results, Isaac. When Mm. are we likely to hear who the president is and what would be the major task for anyone who emerges the leader? I think according to the electoral calendar and the constitution is that the the results should be released at the 31st. But between now and 31st, look, not all votes have been tallied and I'm not so sure whether they will have to be that deadline, which will bring in more problems Mm -hmm. in case they don't beat that deadline. And again, not to forget, the major task for the incoming president, whether it's the incumbent or the opposition, is first of all, reconcile all the parties, unite the country, and also build institutions, you know, especially the Electoral Commission. Otherwise, it will the accusations will remain that it serves the, the interest of the incumbent. But, well, let's wait and see. We're here to cover the story. Yeah, definitely, Isaac. We are here to cover this story and uh, streams of comments coming in as results, uh, uh, as pertains to this particular happening in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Let's begin with Potiphar P. Tembo is saying the Congolese had an opportunity to redeem themselves through the vote, but never protected their votes. And Joshua Zoka says, A Africa, people are really hungry for power, but when they are given, when they are given it, when they are given, rather, I think, they fail to do what they was given the power to do. And Joss Fils Mutomboto say, there we go again. Mm-hmm. Ronald Mukasa say, Africa has the eighth wonder of the world. Okay, just reminding us that obviously we also have attractions in Africa, but with all this happening, it's just so sad that I think when it comes to elections, should we safely say Africa is still far from achieving that one. Quite a lot to be done. And we, of course, a number of uh, progress have been done in other countries as mm. well. And uh, just to reiterate, there are numerous calls for restraint and uh, police uh, in Democratic Republic of Congo have uh, stopped protesters from protesting from assembling on uh, on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And that is demonstration calls against last week's elections. Remember, this is Africa Link. Keep it locked. It's a quarter past, and thanks for staying with us on DW's Africa Link, coming to you from our Bond Studios here in Germany. My name is Josie Mahachi. And Josie Mahachi is with me, George Okachi. We're happy that you are joining us on our Facebook page, DW Africa. If you have your loved ones around you, please tell them to follow the page and join this conversation where the show is live. And we also appreciate our listeners via our partner stations. And also just to mention, we have... One of our very own with us here, Amaka Koe. Amaka, many thanks for joining us also. 
Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now that you've acknowledged Amaka, let me also just acknowledge a few people here on Facebook. Potifa Tembo, you are listening from Lusaka, Zambia. Thank you so much. Juja Wonwe from Liberia, we appreciate. Chi Valentine from South Africa. David Chamba from Cameroon. Eugene, I think, also from Yaounde, Cameroon. Thank you for joining us. Still to come, Pope Francis's suggestion on blessing same sex continues to provoke debate. And we tell you what African Catholic faithfuls say. I'm a Catholic. The Western world, they are different from us, we Africans. Their worshipping is differs. It is not to say that everything that the Pope says must be followed. At least there should be a room for argument for him to know. Mm-hmm. There should be a room for argument. Now let's get straight to this raging conversation. And it all starts from Africa's most populous nation, Nigeria. Nigeria has more than 20 million baptized Catholics, according to Statistical Yearbook of the Catholic Church. And uh, it's no doubt, Josie, that the Pope Francis' announcement regarding the blessing of same-sex unions has triggered reactions in the West African nation. But for more details, here is Ben Shimang. There is an unmistakable air of disappointment. Some Catholics faithful in Nigeria find it challenging to reconcile themselves with the new directive by the Holy Father. Mr. Jonathan Dabo, a knight in the church, says that the Pope's announcement is untenable. The, the, the Pope at his own level, the, the statement at that level could be it's his personal opinion. But I quite believe, uh, biblically, it is not even accepted. Even traditionally, I quite believe our forefathers that, that practice the traditional religion disagree with that. They did not even practice that. Uh, coming up with this issue, present trend, I don't believe uh, it is acceptable and it is generally unacceptable. Nigerian Catholic faithful revere the Pope as the head of the Catholic Church and the custodian of faith. However, his suggestion that the Church could bless same-sex couples has stirred doubts in the minds of the faithful, as expressed by Donatus Bulus Shaman. When the Pope talk of blessing on gay marriage, according to my understanding, he does not mean that he should bless them in their matrimonial sacrament. No. Matthias Sati, another Catholic faithful, suggests that the Pope's pastoral vision can be challenged. I'm a Catholic. The Western world, they are different from us, we Africans. Their worshipping is differs. It is not to say that everything that the Pope says must be followed. At least there should be a room for argument for him to know. But we, the Africans, of course, definitely this is not our culture. Why should we bless someone that is doing something wrong? Why? I'm not in support of that. The Catholic Secretariat of Nigeria has issued a statement asserting that the blessing of same-sex unions is against God's law and the teaching of the church. Thank you so much, Ben Shemang, for that report. And on Facebook, we asked you a question, what do you think of the African Catholic bishop stance? Amaka? We have some comments there, right? Yeah, that's right. We have Oma Donkayanchez who says Africa should break away from the European church and from its own church and from its own church. And we also have Isaac who says, I'm liking the new Africa and how independent uh, we are becoming. One day our own storyline will be told by ourselves. And also we have Chomba Chanda who is saying that the Pope must resign immediately. Um, he's deceiving Catholic faithfuls. His guideline has 
no biblical basis. Mm-hmm. I also see this interesting one from Shubi Sharif says, why are they refusing to follow their boss? Do they know the Bible more than their boss? Question mark. Good, good question. Good question. I think I will ask Amaka this question after we're done with this conversation. Yeah. You told me you are Catholic, right? Yes, I, I am a staunch Catholic. <laughs> Definitely. All right. On that same topic, let's turn our focus to Kenya, home to approximately 9.7 million Catholics. Catholics, according to the country's Bureau of Statistics. The faithful in this East African nation, that's George's country, mm-hmm. closely watch developments in the Vatican. And uh, indeed, they closely watch developments in the Vatican and diverse, diverse reactions, I should say, have emerged in response to Pope's recent stance on blessing for same-sex couples. Some view it as a significant shift in the Catholic Church's position on LGBTQ plus relationships. And D.W. Andrew Wasike has more. Pope Francis's recent decision has sparked a range of responses in Kenya, leading to ongoing legal battles over LGBTQ plus rights. Despite facing challenges, the LGBTQ plus community in Kenya is gaining visibility and a stronger voice. Njeri, who is part of the community and a Catholic, shares her perspective. Um, honestly, it feels like a, a step in the right direction, even if it's a small one. Um, the Pope acknowledging our relationships, even just saying they can be blessed, carries weight here in Kenya. It shows like people, we're not invincible, that our love is worth recognizing. Of course, it's not everything we want. Recognition is great, but full marriage, equality, legal protection, and societal acceptance um, are still hurdles we face every day. Lex Mulua, also a Catholic in Nairobi, disagrees. I personally think what the Pope um, has done uh, by endorsing the same-sex marriage um, is uh, not a step in the right direction. It, It strays from... It strays from what uh, we are being taught and the teachings that we receive from the Bible are what uh, Christians or let's say Catholic go by. While some argue that love knows no boundaries, not all clergy share this view. Father Francis Oteno of Kariobangi Catholic Church opposes the Pope's decision, citing contradictions with biblical teachings and African culture. You see, people who are living, a man and a man living together, or a woman and a woman living together, that already contradicts uh, the teachings of God, the teachings of the Bible, Especially for us Africans also, it goes against our culture and our practice and all that. So giving them a blessing would be like recognizing uh, that kind of marriage, uh, which is, you know, intrinsically wrong. There is a father from Kenya, Amaka, and clearly... Uh, some sign of defiance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, we would expect that anyways. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, many thanks, Andrew Asiki, for that piece. And uh, of course, Amaka just continue telling us what people are saying on this raging topic. Yeah, as you would imagine, this is a topic that is getting everyone talking and, you know, it's continued to buzz on social media. So we have Chair Herring Kang who says, seeing what is going on in the Catholic Church, my stand to be an atheist is gaining the mo- momentum every day. And another one says, uh, that's Malape Malap. It says, it's obvious they haven't been cheered like their leaders. Uh, the leaders are in their own, they are leaders in their own right and they must do what they know is right, even though they may be politically incorrect.
Mm-hmm. I wonder what Malawians think about that. And Josie, Malawian Catholic faithfuls mm-hmm. are still engaged in a heated debate over Pope Francis's recent pronouncement of blessings for same-sex couples. Now, the directive has ignited intense divisions with Catholic bishops of the Episcopal Conference of Malawi, ECM, openly opposing the Vatican's stance. The bishops are concerned about potential confusion among the faithful. DW's Chimwemwe Padata provides further insight on this. With over 2 million Catholic faith, Malawi is one of the African countries closely following events in the Vatican. The recent pronouncement by the Pope has steered diverse opinions within the Catholic community echoing across the globe Christian landscape. We spoke to some of them. By declaring that, it means the church is slowly incorporating gays or lesbians, which I think is very contrary to the churches. While dissenting views persist among Christians, Wanda Fumkuche, chairperson for Humanists Malawi, tells DW that local churches cannot deviate from Vatican rulings, suggesting the present stance may evolve in the future. 30 years ago, uh, we couldn't have been talking about such a thing. So in the future, uh, the position will likely change. In the near future, uh, the situation will no longer be the same. That's why I am confident to say this position will likely change. Father Varadiano Mtsega, Secretary General for the Episcopal Conference of Malawi, on his side, has assured all Malawian Catholics that the church would not endorse the Vatican's directive on blessing same-sex unions. The Catholic Church has not changed this teaching on marriage, which is defined as the exclusive, stable and indissoluble union between a man and a woman, naturally open to the generation of children. The bishops have made it very clear that uh, to avoid causing confusion, blessing of any kind, and for same-sex unions of any kind are not permitted. We do not want to get ourselves involved in the blessing of same-sex unions. In July of this year, Catholic bishops, along with other religious bodies, led peaceful protests in Malawi, expressing their disapproval of same-sex relationships. Thanks, Shimwemwe Padata, for that report. I mean, this story is brewing and is obviously, like, controversial, especially on social media platforms, George. And Makiu, days after the Pope made that announcement, Josie. These reactions are coming days after Mm -hmm. the Pope made that announcement. It will never end, because every country keeps... I mean, like the, the, the Catholic bodies in every country keeps like commenting on that, whether they are doing it or not. But as for Africa, it's clear that they are all refusing, right? Now, tell you what, Josie, as a staunch <laughs> Catholic will tell you, a blessing <laughs> is a prayer of... Why are you people laughing? <laughs> because I'm a Catholic. <laughs> yeah. I'm a staunch Catholic. I you was, did I, mention that you are Catholic, oh. Josie. Why are you hiding your religion? <laughs> because I don't even want you to ask me anything. <laughs> so let's get to a blessing. Mm-hmm. So it is a prayer or a plea usually delivered by a minister asking for God to look favorably on the person or people being blessed. That's very true, again, from a Catholic myself. Mm -hmm. And Vatican says the recent pronouncement is in line with Pope's pastoral vision of broadening the appeal of the Catholic Church. People receiving a blessing should not be required to have prior moral perfection, 
in quotes, Vatican has power. However, I mean, Vatican has, however, emphasized that the new stance does not validate the status of same-sex couples in the eyes of the Catholic Church. Now, our colleague Amaka Okoye, <laughs> we've already mentioned she's here live with us. Amaka, I'm so happy that at least you, you're proud to be a Catholic compared to someone sitting next to me. <laughs> I am. I was actually wearing uni- the youth uniform, yeah. Agnes and Alice. You know, the Catholic youth uh, yes. group. Yes, so proceed, proceed, Josie, with the question to Amaka. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Amaka is here, obviously, to tell us what's been happening on the, in the social media circles, mm-hmm. be it X, former Twitter, Facebook. Amaka, take it away. Uh, a lot of things are happening there. As you, as you would expect, this is a conversation that is controversial, mm-hmm. that is sensitive, you know, that touch people at different levels. And just a bit of context why it's making you know the wave in Africa is that um, you know out of the 54 countries that we have in the continent we have 31 already that have criminalized you know uh, homosexuality and uh, and that's more than any other continent you know in the world so it makes sense that people are having this conversation across Africa and we are seeing the strong resistance if you like so for instance we have the, this one who identifies himself just as uh, Dr Mzembi on X Twitter and he says you know I am a confirmed Catholic. You know. That's a former. I, I'm a staunch on it. Must, must you always, you know, have adjectives? He's actually like a former. You need to know the level. <laughs> I know him. He's you know a him? former minister of tourism uh-huh. in Zimbabwe. Okay. So, so he needs. You know, you need to let people know how deep you are into Catholicism. Mm, okay, That's okay, the context. I'm listening, I'm listening. <laughs> and so he says, you know, I've been very saddened, you know, by the same-sex marriage order by the Holy Father. Mm-hmm. And then we also have another person here who says a rather d- ridiculous comment but Fidelis Ambeshu says he, the Pope, and all seven within the Roman Catholic Church cardinals, bishops, and reverend sisters should first get married. Then we will see what to do next. So it's like, let them lead the way. Okay, um, give us one more. <laughs> we are running out right, of time. We have, interesting. Okay, but we have one, you know, dissenting uh, comment uh, who says that people should, um, Ephraim, he says that people should be allowed to live their life and express love the way they understand it. So one okay. lonely voice there, but yeah. <laughs> On that very lonely voice, we have to end it here. Unfortunately, we have no time, but until tomorrow, I'm Josie Mahachi. And I'm Jojo Kachi. DW Made for Minds